Welcome to the GC On Demand podcast, a show about people, about process, about technology, about community. It's great conversations with great technologists about things that matter to you, that matter to all of us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit gcondemand.io for all of the show notes. And with that, let's get started. And welcome to the GC On Demand podcast. My name is Eric Wright. Of course, you may know me as at DiscoPosti on Twitter. I'm also DiscoPosti in the Green Circle community. If you go to greencirclecommunity.com, you can find me there. Uh, this is part two of our uh, two-part chat with Edward Haletke. Again, you may know him as at TextIWill on Twitter. He's principal analyst at TVP Strategy. And following on an interesting rebrand, we decided to dive a little bit into sort of the technology implications. We're going to talk about WordPress. So this is a really a very interesting chance for you to learn about uh, WordPress, how to deal with you know, replatforming a site, uh, about plugins. So effectively, this is a, a 101 for bloggers. In fact, we get into 201 and 301 content here. So uh, thank you again to Edward. And with that, we'll get into our show. I'm Edward Haletke. I'm an analyst for TVP Strategy. I'm also the... Um CEO, but I'm, a, I'm an author, analyst, technologist. You can find me as will just about anywhere. I've actually had that handle now for since 2004. So it's a brand unto itself, so to speak. And the um, that's that's me. I'm just I'm in, I've written a few books. You can find them out on Amazon. I've done a few other things out there. Um, but I'm, yeah, I like the community. So we wanted to cover some neat stuff. We talked in the past about branding, rebranding, and the the fun that goes around that. You know, of course, you've recently relaunched. Uh, you know, what what many knew as the virtualization practice. It's now TVP strategy, and it really brings focus to the the analyst role and and truly being you know what you've been. You've always been an analyst firm, but it sort of moves away from the idea of virtualization and brings the focus to strategy. So exactly. I like that. Now, along with that, of course, rebranding is much more than just going to Delaware and filing a new, uh, you know, doing business as. There's a website and a few things that go along with it. So we want to talk about that today. Yeah, actually, it's, it's a big deal. Um, rebranding a website, I was talking to... I have an advantage. I actually know someone in the in the web marketing world, quite a few people, um, but one of them is actually in the web marketing advertising world. So I've always kind of went to him for some advice about rebranding years ago for a, um, a contract I had. They wanted to rebrand, so I said, okay, should they rebrand or not? So I went and asked him. And he says, rebranding is tough on a website. Mainly because if you change the actual site, you, the name of the site, you lose a lot of juice you already have. Yeah. And so what we, when we rebranded, we didn't change the name of, we didn't change the site address. We added another link to it from somewhere else, so we didn't lose any of the link juice. So everything maps to one site and all translates and redirects. That's the approach we took. If you do rebrand, all your content you have to either maintain the canonical URL of the old site 
or you have to change all the canonical URLs to the new site, which means anybody that's linked to you is now broken as well. Right. So you got to actually maintain both for a while until you can convince people that are linked to you to go somewhere else. So you have to put in a massive amount of redirects. It's possible. you got to really think through how you're going to do that one. Yeah, it's having literally just gone through this scenario uh, with a rebrand. Uh, it's, it's challenging because there's first just the initial cutover, and then, as you said, there's lots of other outside world that links back to you, and, and that's where the fun comes in. How do you handle those redirects, and, and how do you fa handle you know, the, the Google SEO goodness that, that goes along? Because it is important, right? You probably get a lot of stuff from natural organic discovery, right? And, and Quite a few of it, actually, yeah. We do monitor that. Some people say don't care about analytics. It's like, well, okay, we do care about them. But we're not really looking at it for from that. But we do get a lot of direct from Google and very little um, from outside of Google's, actually. Um, quite a bit. We do monitor social media just so we can keep an idea of where things are coming, which ones does better than the others. But it's not a huge deal. It's yeah. mainly kind of gives us guidance of where to go next, what to improve next. And we're constantly improving the site. Redirects we handle through, we use WordPress as our base, as our framework, and we actually use the redirect plugin to redirect from it to wherever we're going to go, because we've moved things around on our site all the time, and that's a big deal. The other thing is, is that we didn't get rid of our old site, we kept it, so or we kept our old name, so right. all the old links still work. If I didn't do that, I'd actually have to redirect everything through the old names. So I'd have to keep the site anyway. That's right. Until at such a time as I could break those links. I felt comfortable doing it. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of... Overlap. ...of help you can get to kind of measure what stuff's coming in, but it's that's the unknown unknown, right, of the Donald Rumsfeld, you know, known unknowns and known knowns, et cetera. So this is the third generation that you, you won't know until it's not there, and when you kill that URL, you'll never find out because you Actually, aren't you, you pulling can, in that. You can. Part of Google Analytics and uh, the Google Webmaster panel actually shows you all your 404s. Or things that didn't come. Oh, nice. To. Okay, so it, it does capture that. It does ah, capture great. that if it comes through Google. If it doesn't, the redirect plugin that I use also captures that information. And then there's the WP security audit log that also captures that information. So you will capture 404s that come to your site, but you won't capture ones that don't actually even reach you. Right. So you need to know what's happening there as well. So how was WordPress, you know, as a as a platform? I think it's fairly widely adopted, especially amongst, you know, folks like yourself and myself. I'm a WordPress user. I know a, a lot of us that are in the in the technical area. We don't want to deal with the hosting. Some folks have moved on to, to do Jekyll and I say, good luck and may your God go with you on that one because I don't I don't want to have to deal with handling my own code unless it's absolutely necessary. So WordPress is kind of the de facto standard. How How is it for you as far as hosting, and, and how was it during the transition? Well, we re revamped the whole site during the transition. We went from a one theme to a completely different theme. So finding a new theme that would support what we wanted was very, very important. 
and finding a modern theme that supported what we wanted was even more important. Um, that was the big deal. We couldn't do it with the theme that we have, which was really truly a blogger theme, and now we went to something else. We actually have a whole bunch of code that we did write behind it. I mean, I have actually put a couple plugins myself out on the WordPress.org plugin repository. Is one of mine oh, nice. there already. There is one that I call that specifically towards the virtualization or TVP strategy. It's its plugin, but it's covering all the things I didn't want to change anywhere else. Nice. Um, but it, a lot of it's around finding. The biggest problem you have is you got to find you got to measure your site for performance. You need to know how well your site's performing, and you need to fix that. The biggest problem you have with SEO and all the Google stuff is that Google has very, very specific rules about how they look at sites. And those sites that don't score well score lower on the page. Right. So performance is a big deal. We went with a, uh, beginning of the year, we switched hosting providers from self-hosted inside of infrastructure as a service to hosted by a WordPress company that's all they do is just host wordpress oh nice so when we went that we gained all their depth of network and all their existing experience for performance so we got an immediate performance boost off the bat then we went in and looked at like okay minification you want to make sure all your css and, and javascript is minified properly it took us three or four plugins to find one that really worked now we use fast velocity minify it works great and when you start thinking about all this, it's like, okay, you got to look at it. You got to look at the code. You don't have to. We did to optimize it, but not everybody should. Some themes are automatically optimized. Go for it. Others are not. So you got to be pick and choose. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the biggest challenge that people face is because if they just want to get to the business of creating content or they're, you know, technical folks, but they're not, they you don't want to deal business, in the JavaScript or PHP. <laughs> if you are just, the, just want to get started, pick one of the default themes for WordPress. It really is that simple. Um, they're, they're highly optimized. They're fast. They can be, is like a number of them can be easily modified by other plugins so that you can change colors and whatnot. Or you can just go through the themes category and find something you like and use that. Um, I know sites that have gone through five or six different themes in, in as many years. You would never know because they all look the same, but they've gone through that many themes and changed the way they do their business and do their That's work. right. We've done a number of different themes ourselves. I think we've gone through four. This is our fourth one. We started off with a pretty default one, went to a much more customizable one, and then went back to the default one for a while that we customized using a number of different plugins. And now we're where we are with a totally different theme that is designed for what we need. We were looking more for the front page than anywhere else. We wanted the front page to look really nice. Yeah, and you've done well with, yeah, this is the idea of being able to present good info above the fold, as they call it, right? Like yes. just, you're you're looking at it, it's right there to be had, you know, there's drill downs, drop downs, there's lots of opportunities to, to find information where needed, and you don't have to scroll about or click through to get to that first layer information. Exactly. And we added in a new feature. We actually had, we're missing a search bar. We just added that back in. And we added in a new discussion platform to speed up our discussions so that people, when they put in comments, 
it looks better, reacts better, and we pull in a lot more of the local local images that we have. Um, there's a number of different things there. Above the fold is really important. You gain the most performance, the best score by moving everything you're doing that needs to be downloaded right away above the fold. Uh, yeah. By and far the best way to do it. To that end, it doesn't work with every theme. I mean, in fact, there's one theme I know it do that I use on a different site it doesn't work with yet. But I actually wrote a plugin. This is my WordPress plugin, so I'm going to give a, a shameless plug here called AAC Scoring. And it's designed to literally pull in some of the most important things above the fold, specifically around CSS, so that it has less delay and less re, um, redraws on the screen because right. of the CSS works. So, or reflows is what they're called. When we, so that's what AAC scoring does. It also gets rid of fonts you don't need gets rid of, it's designed to work with like the 2014 theme more than any of the others, but it does work with other themes. It was the recent version two of it actually was designed, um, recoded to work with all themes. But the whole idea was is to pull a lot of CSS that you need to do your homepage and a few other things above the fold. So it's actually inlined and not pulled in externally. And, and that's, that's where we get into this interesting balance, you know, Plugins, you know, if you had to pick out your, this is my Edwards top five plugins list. <laughs> what are the ones you've, you've mentioned a couple, obviously, you know, you've, and you've written a couple. What are the ones that have been the go-to standard for you as part of, of your WordPress world? Um, well, WP security to start with. WP security audit log so I could find out what in the world's happening inside my environment. Both of those are very, very important. Um, exploit scanner is another one that's incredibly important because if you're self-hosting your WordPress, there's a good chance it was attacked and you just didn't know it. You need a tool to help you. That's right. Um, I've written a number of blogs on blog posts on my Blue Gears blog about WordPress security, and I'm probably going to do another one this year. The other one that is kind of a go-to one for me is um, that um, Fast Velocity Minify as the latest Minify tool that I've used. It's very, very fast, very, very useful. AAC scoring again, just to pull things above the fold. I kind of wrote that to do exactly that. And I like Font Awesome, so I pull in a lot of Font Awesome plugins. I pull in one plug... Actually, what AAC scoring does is, it's actually really funny, is that it looks at your plugin list and says, oh, you got one of these four... You got all four of these Font Awesome plugins? Let me, like... Just do Fun Awesome once and get you the latest one on top of it. So it actually picks the most, the best one and pulls it in. So oh, nice. you're not duplicating content. Um, that's a big deal. So I use a lot of that and I like, well, that's, those are kind of the go-to ones for me. Yeah, I think Font Awesome is one that uh we use for the virtual design master site as well because we wanted to, you know, it's fast way to render icons as, as, as you know, fonts. It was cleaner. It's super fast to load, and and it meant simplifying the way that we could create content, and have it be visually appealing and also still be quick, which is kind of cool. Actually, for everything, for the vast majority of small images on our site, we switched almost exclusively to Font Awesome. 
especially for um, social media links. Instead of using an image, we use the font, the glyph. Instead yeah. of using um, a lot of images, small images, we just chose a glyph to exchange instead. Now we do have a lot of images on the site, and and you need another tool to to handle that. There's another plugin called. Um, let me look it up. But there's one, another one we use that's that's designed to defer um, everything. In other words, it's designed to, to increase your page speed score. Right. And that one is, let me um, log in here. And you know, while you're looking that up, you know, I can say that it's a, a piece that we need to learn as as tech geeks, you know, we think just the fact that having the information out there is important. And it is. It's hugely important to obviously get the content there. But the way in which the content is consumed, not by people, but by the machines that choose how to then deliver it in search results. Exactly. That's where optimization and speed and, of course, as you mentioned, security. There are two kinds of WordPress, there's those that have been compromised and those that are about to be. You know? <laughs> or those that don't know they've been compromised. Um, right. <laughs> so Akismet, All-in-One, WP Security, those are the top, those are the first ones. Um, then I use, I actually use Child Theme Configurator just so it actually works better because I pick a theme and make a child of it so I can modify it to my needs. That's right. a good one to have for that. We have multiple authors, so we use co-authors plus. And then we use, um, let's see, Declutter WordPress is nice because it actually pulls out a whole bunch of header stuff you don't need and a lot of tags that are just useless. Yeah. Um, then we, we actually have the Exploit Scanner, Fast Velocity Minify, Font Awesome for menus. That's the one I use to pull in Font Awesome. It gives me nice little menu icons I can use. And the other one that's really important is, and I'm looking at my dev site, so it's actually a little bit different. I have a few other things that I just put on there. Is, oh, um, Speed Booster Pack. Very, uh, okay. very useful. It actually does two things that I really like. Um, the first one is it will defer JavaScript. So you actually have to tell it not to defer jQuery. Because that's right. what WordPress is based on. If you if you do that, and you have to actually sometimes you can defer it, sometimes you can't, depends on where you have things loaded in your theme and what plugin other plugins you're using. And the other thing it does is it does lazy loading of images. Ah uh, yes. So it loads a one by one pixel first and then later on loads the whole image. And that improves scores immensely. Yeah, something that we also, with Retina MacBooks, uh, I can tell you the mistake that I make every day and many of us make is that we'll take a screen grab of something, not realizing that the Retina display means it's twice the resolution that you think it is. And so when you render that image, they're, they're absolutely stunning to look at but they're also gigantic and difficult to load. Now, we use um, WP Smush, Smusha. You can actually do a pro version of that. We At the moment, we don't. But there's um, it actually sends it off to be reduced. For nice. Better for WordPress. So it actually does um, reduction. You can do all the reduction for pixels, but it also 
gets rid of all the extraneous stu stuff that's in images. And that's very, very useful as well. So one of the things I want to really cover here, that's, I'm torn on this all the time, SEO. It's the, the, the devil we know in, in my mind. Like I, I, I don't write for SEO. My view is I write content that is written the way that I believe it will be consumed and I've had history that's shown it's, it's done okay, which ultimately matches SEO sometimes. And I know a lot of folks, they tend to say, all right, what's a good SEO scoring you know, keyword? Or do I want it to appear a bunch of times? Edward, what is your thought? Is SEO front of mind or do you go back? Do you look over the content? Do you write with SEO in mind or does it just organically come because of the way you write? We do not write with SEO in mind. We choose our keywords with SEO in mind. Okay. In other words, we, well, the focus keyword of the whole article we choose with SEO in mind because once you choose your focus keyword, we use Yoast SEO. And the idea with this is that once you choose your focus keyword, it'll help you look at your article to say, does it meet the minimum that Google wants? Right. And most of the time we choose our focus keyword, we don't have to do anything else. That's probably about 95% of the time. The other 5% of the time, we may choose a keyword that we may have to modify the first paragraph a little bit or a header there, here and there. SEO is important, but you can over-SEO. You can over-optimize for SEO, and if you do that, it actually hurts you. So it, the, the real best way to get SEO is just to have people looking at your site and, they, and Google knows because people will just go there they record it and say, hey, this is an important site because of the volume. Let's push it up. Right. So write good articles. Write articles you think people want to read. For my blog site, I don't write for SEO. I write for, you know, I'm writing. Actually, look, the funny thing is I'm writing for myself. I'm writing to remind me of, I have a problem, I solved it, let me write about it so I don't have that problem again. Right? That's right. And hopefully my solution will help others. And that's, I mean, I've gone back to my own site to say, okay, I wrote about that, let me go and find it. Or I'll do a <laughs> Google right. search and it's like, okay, I, I, I'll find what I wrote. It's like, oh, okay, now, okay, now there's a reason why I wrote that. So I'm using it to remind myself. So. And, it, and I think it's beneficial to other people to see how we do, I do things and how other people do things. When we do the analyst site, we're writing to explain a technology or to explain a purchase or explain something in a little bit differently. And our audience is a very different type of audience. And they may find us only through Google or through other means. So you have to be aware of that. I wouldn't concentrate too much on it. Um, I think I agree with you. The definitely having the having something in there, having the plugin available uh, to at least give you a guide. Yeah, it's because I'm with you. I believe the content is king. It, the style of writing that that you do naturally kind of generates searchable result. Like we don't have to sit there and say, "So Docker is great, and Docker has been interesting." So what we're going to talk about Docker because Docker is and like you. There's just no need to <laughs> sprinkle words throughout your paragraphs just because you think it's going to be 
more googly. <laughs> Actually, if you sprinkle too much, it goes against you. Right. So that's why I use Yoast SEO for two guides. It actually has a writing guide for passive versus active voice. Active voice is always better. And I write a lot of passive, so as a guide, that's actually helped me quite a bit to write better. The other one is for SEO so that I don't over-sprinkle or talk about things in a different way than I should have. It's just, as I said, it's a guide. And that's yeah. the way you should be using these tools as guide. If you go to someone who says, oh, we can SEO optimize your site, I, I don't even know what that means anymore. That's right. <laughs> We've actually had a, a company come in and do a review of, our, of the site, mainly because we want to see, was, were we just doing anything generically horrible? Right. And we weren't. You know, it was very minor things we could have fixed here and there. Um, the biggest one is if you do have a site, a call to action is always important to say, hey, where do I go next? Right. That's probably the most important thing you can do on any site. And that's, that's, that's what we put on our new ones. Like, oh, this, here's what you do next. You want to read more about this or read more about that. Here you go. And that's, that's important. Yeah, keeping that, it's all about really keeping the reader in there. And, and it's funny that we have to think of it as a, as a business, as a way to, like, because it is, it's, it's our businesses, right? But it's also, you want to give as much information to somebody. You're not simply saying, click here to, you know, keep my SEO juice high and to keep my, my bounce rates low. You're saying, click here because here's more valuable information that I think you're going to enjoy if you've enjoyed this so far. Yeah. And that's that weird mix where we as technologists, we feel a little dirty inside when we have to, like, sell something but we've we sell everything we do right <laughs> I've, been only, I've owned my own business for 30 plus years you get over that very quickly yeah you have to be out i mean in order to own your own business actually multiple businesses i call myself a serial entrepreneur but i've never sold a company i've kept them so i actually just do them all at the same time um but the main thing is is that you like have a serial entrepreneurial hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hoard. I, I, I just put some by the wayside until I'm ready to pick them back up. But the main thing is, is that I have like a list of 15 to 20 ideas that I write down all the time. I have ideas for like how to improve my companies. I have ways of improving my business, ways of selling differently. I, I, getting help is the first thing you need to do. If you can't do sales... Get help and get the training to do it because you actually, whether you're an analyst, whether you're a blogger, an influencer, whether you work for somebody else, you are always selling yourself. It's just the way it is. You have a right. personal brand, a personal responsibility and so forth. And people see that. In this community, there's a lot of people that have a personal brand. We know who they are. You know, and this is good because they know who you are or will find out who you are if you are part of that group. And this is something that builds up over time and you need to be able to be, be aware of it. You can't just write today and expect to be picked up by, you know, a million and one different entities tomorrow. It may happen. You know, you get into like the old slash dot phenomenon could happen. Right. You know, and we recently got into Hacker News, which was a big thing for us. Increased our volume incredibly. 
but that's not our goal. Our goal is to provide good content and hopefully the people like it. And once they like it, more people read it because it goes by word of mouth. And that is where we need to go. That's pay attention to your content. Don't worry about SEO. It's community SEO. I call that one. It's it, it, word of mouth has uh, has uh, the most power in our audience. You know, obviously, continued discovery online is massive, but to build build your brand, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Edward. Well, the other thing, it, know your audience. That's the key. Know your audience. Know who you're writing for. And. Let's pick on that for a second, because because you have many hats you wear. You know, you have traditional blog content. You do technical, deep technical blog content that you do in your personal blog. You do work for TVP strategy, where you're doing sort of C-level oriented content. You have you know reg technical content as well. You've got performance. You've got you, you literally cover the gamut on every sector in technology. How do you do you think again about does SEO matter or does audience matter when audience, you're creating those? Audience matters. Know your audience and know. It's like for example, if we're writing a piece of content for somebody, we will for a company a vendor, we're gonna ask who the audience is, who they want the audience is. If we don't think that's the right audience, we'll let them know. It's like, well, have you thought about this audience, which is a little bit broader or a little bit narrower or whatever? And they say, well, no, we want the original audience. It's like, okay, we can do that. But know what they mean by the audience when you, when you accept the work. If you're writing for yourself to become just a blogger in general, you're really writing for yourself to fir at first. Right. Eventually, you'll get a following, and you should know what that following is. And you should know, you know, do people like it or not? If they don't like what you're writing about, they're going to tell you. That's right. And if they don't like or your that, style, they're going to tell you. And they may and, tell you by by moving their feet away from you, or they may tell you by you know commenting on your blog or even sending right. you an email or something. You will find out. But know your audience. Know what they like. And if you're targeting an audience, write for them. And talk about feedback. Uh, one of the most contentious things, you know, that's a, kind of a, a tough word to say, to, to put on it, but the interesting topics that have come up in the last year is a lot of sort of long-time bloggers have shut off comments. And that's usually because of the large amount of spam that, that gets in and a lot of, you know, people will make a comment on a three-year-old article and it's tough to continuously answer well this is no longer valid because that you know technology has changed how do you feel about that continuous feedback and and how do you handle the feedback that comes in through your site well through the multiple sites actually i welcome comments however i also use a kismet that go i have an akismet key and i use a kismet to actually get rid of all the spam i get so much of it, it's not even funny. So I just let it take care of it. And I still, some things still get through the filters and eventually comes to me and it's just like, okay, you know, when it get, we, we look at it, we moderate all our comments. Right. We have to. We don't want to pull in like a Gucci handbag comment. Yeah, just to say, I'd, I'd hate to be running a blog about free Louis Vuitton handbags because let me tell you, my comments, <laughs> I'd be probably getting comments about Docker on it. <laughs> exactly. So 
what we do is we monitor all the comments and when we get one in from an article, we will send it off to the person that wrote it and say, hey, you got a comment. What do you yeah. want to do? Now, we want people, our analysts, to respond to all comments. Even if it's an older article, we don't mind. Eventually, if it gets too old, we'll just turn off comments on those articles. We don't turn it off for everything, but the dated stuff, we have to turn it off for, or we just say, hey, there's a newer article, you want to look at this one. That's some, a great idea. And yeah. some of our some of the people that come to us as comments, we actually don't post the comment. We start an int a dialogue with them over email or some other mechanism because it's too focused on something outside the scope of the article. But they right. had a question about a a a side by side technology or something of that way. So we're we're trying not to let the the stream get usurped for somebody yeah. else's use it, and it's and i think that's a very important thing you know these are these are key tips i think a lot of folks that are that are you know wordpress operators as as technologists and i mean in general I mean, of course our audience is primarily folks like us so i think you know looking at what we've talked about you know wordpress powerful platform lots of flexibility you also don't need to go crazy with buying a $250 crazy site, use a base template, you can get pretty far. Templates are there, you know, we, they're great. Base plugins. A lot of them are actually SEO optimized already. That's right, yeah. Uh, you covered some really great uh, plugins. We'll actually, I'll, I'll list those out in a, in a blog to go along with this because I think that's very good, helpful information for folks that want to kind of you know, number one, security. <laughs> we talked about this before, and I always tell people, I said, look, if, if you think security is a silo, I feel bad for your company because yeah, it's not. <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a conversation onto itself that we could do a a ten hour podcast on that one. Um, just SEO, ex just examples. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, SEO. You know, you you covered. I, I like the approach. I agree. You know, SEO is something that happens. It's good to use a guide, though. You know, don't don't be afraid to let the tools help guide you to make sure that your content's being found the right way. It's not that your content isn't being written correctly. It's that it may not be as easily discoverable as it could be with a little bit of help. And it's just a little bit. You're not going to, I mean, the whole goal is to use it as a guide. Don't go crazy. Write your article. If it has to change, if it's a too radical to change, don't bother. Just send it out. You know, get it, edit it, and go. I mean, one of the big things we do is everything we do gets copy edited. Right. I mean, I have a copy editor, and it's per word. But you know what? It's not that expensive per word to get a copy editor. This is important. You want to be. You want to come across as a well-written site. You know, so she does a lot to fix up like the words that were the problems in the in the language which actually surprisingly fixes up seo too right <laughs> so it's been helpful um but when it comes to me by the time we get ready to do the posting and i do all the posting at the moment um if it's not seo ready and i can't make it seo ready with a simple change i just put it out yeah you know, we want to see what the article does it's the content that's important. Use the rest as a guide. And the guide doesn't mean it has to be adhered to, like, draconically. Right. 
I think this is good. This has been a lot of fun because it's nice sometimes to you know to talk about things outside of the normal core tech that we talk about. This is important stuff for for especially with the blogger community and folks that are writing internally. You know, uh, a lot of companies you know spinning up internal blogs. It's a great way to share information. Community yeah. sites, you know, all those platforms. They've got these capabilities in there, but definitely this is this has been a helpful conversation. Uh, of course, uh, we talked about the rebrand of TVP strategy. That's very good news. So where do we find all things TVP as uh, we head into VMworld, Edward? Um, www.virtualizationpractice.com is the main site, or www.tvpstrategy.com. It just redirects to the first one. Um, Find us at on a V Brown bag. I'll be doing a couple of them, and then we, we actually have a TVP strategy panel for the V Brown bag on Wednesday. That and send me emails. Find me on Twitter. You know, send a carrier pigeon. <laughs> That's I'm right. Glad to help out. I, I want to say one last thing about plugins. Don't go overboard. Too many plugins is bad. Right, that's uh, that's it does slow down because each plugin is another set of code that needs to load, and 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 there is uh, it is good for us to go and do a little cleansing. In fact, aren't there actually plugin sort of acceleration and plugin speed checkers? Right, as part of the uh, there's a few different plugins to check other plugins, which is <laughs> actually on my dev site. I use two that are really interesting. I use the PHP compatibility plugin because. Everything's moving to PHP 7. You want to make sure your plugins are compatible. If they're not, right. you've got to replace them and find ones that are. The other one is the um, last update, plugin last update, because you don't want anything that's too old. Because if it's too old, it won't be, it may probably has a bug in it that you don't know about. That's right. As we've learned, you know, the the reason why WordPress is is rolling out continuous updates, and a lot of our plugins are, is because they're not just uh, to fix up, you know, feature set. It's most likely wrapped around security. It's just that some of them don't always choose to tell you. <laughs> Actually, you can go to exploit-db.com and search on WordPress, and it'll tell you every exploit that it knows about against a WordPress theme, plugin, and the core. Don't pick anything that's been exploited. That's all I can nice. say. If you find something that's been exploited and it's still an exploit against your code, get rid of it. That's the yeah. simplest way thing to do. But if you have to use it, you have to find out why it's been exploited and mitigate it some other way. Right. So and this you actually at um, astrarch.com slash blog, which is where my consultancy's Blue Gear's blog is. I actually write about WordPress security, so you can go there. There we go. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for the chat today, Edwards. It's been a blast, and uh, we'll see you in Las Vegas. Absolutely. See you in the evening. If you like what you heard here and want to hear much more, don't forget to subscribe to the GC On Demand podcast. You can go to gcondemand.io where you'll find the links in order to catch us in iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and more. So go to gcondemand.io. Don't forget to rate us in your podcaster of choice and look for much, much more. Have a show idea? Tweet us at GC On Demand. Thanks for listening. <laughs>